In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning. Glad to see you all here, even if you're uh, here just because you thought it probably wouldn't hurt to come say a few extra prayers before the game. Uh, that's, <laughs> I'm glad to see you. Uh, it's, it, it, we're in the season of Epiphany. Uh, this is the, the time that the church, the church sets aside every year. It's after Christmas, it's before Lent, uh, for us to uh, look at how people come to faith and when people uh, come to faith. It's the season of the great aha, this sort of sudden realization or a unexpected revelation. Uh, it is, uh, you might hear someone say, you know, I, I've had an epiphany. And what they mean by that is uh, they have come to understand something. They just realize something, and it's usually something really important when they talk about having an epiphany, something that they can apply directly uh, to their life will change the way that they're thinking about something. You know, sort of light bursts into the darkness of their ignorance, they, 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 um, something they just didn't know about, and, and reveals something that was already there. They just couldn't see it because of the darkness. Uh, or maybe like a lighthouse, the uh, out of the darkness, the light shines. It's a, an epiphany. And we can think about the ministry of Jesus really in, in either way. The, uh, there's a sense in which he both shines into and shines out of uh, the darkness. He is both the revealer and the one who is revealed. And that revelation, that epiphany, happens... Uh, for us in different ways. Right? We, we each have our own story. For some, it's sort of a slow boil. Uh, and for some, it's a sudden burst. I've heard it described like, you know, you're on a train at night and you cross the border into a new country. And there are some who are awake, and they can tell you right the moment that it happened. And there are some who just wake up the next morning and, and they're in the country. They don't know exactly when they got there, but they know that they're now and that is sort of like that for for us uh, in our faith journeys. But for whatever way it happened, uh, if you have had an epiphany about who Jesus is, then almost surely there was someone else involved. Right? There was someone in that story with you. There was a friend or a mentor who talked with you about their own faith. Uh, someone who invited you to church, uh, someone who set an attractive example in their own life. I wonder who that was uh, for you, or a series of people. In our gospel passage, Nathaniel has an epiphany about who Jesus is. He starts with skepticism, and who knows whether, what other isms are implied when he says, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Have you ever said, can anything good, I, I don't want to fill in your blank for you, can anything good come out of... <laughs> so he starts with skepticism, but he, he moves to faith, right? Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Nathaniel has an epiphany, but it was Philip who helped get him there. Now, most good Episcopalians have in their mind what an evangelist looks like. And we're pretty sure we don't want to be that. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm going to love for you to be that, but I, I don't, uh, most of us don't, uh, that's not who we want to be. Uh, there was a, a guy who came uh, to Columbia when I was, a, 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 I guess, a sophomore in high school. His name was John Guest. And he came to our church. He said, I'm an Episcopal evangelist, if you've ever uh, heard of something like that. And, um, and so uh, there were bumper stickers because he was coming to like a conference. And my mom took that bumper sticker and cut out the name John Guest and switched it and put it on a downstairs bathroom. So it said, Guest John. So, um, <laughs> but... It doesn't, doesn't have much to do with anything. Um, so we're not sure we want to be evangelists, right? But what, what we do, what we're sure we want to be, or at least in the way we think about things a lot of times, is that we want to be conduits of healing and wholeness in the world around us. Right? That's, that's, we want to, be, uh, to help people uh, be all they can be. We want to be conduits of healing and wholeness in the world. And since we know, that faith in Christ is the great agent of healing and wholeness, we want to be the kind of people who help others, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, to live into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. Well, that's our, our vision statement for this church. We exist to help people, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, to live into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. And that's our vision statement because we want to be conduits of healing and wholeness uh, in the world. And so we want to look at two things about Philip and two things about Jesus in order to help us be the kind of people who help others find healing and wholeness in Christ. Okay? So first, let's look at Philip. Two things that we see about Philip uh, that are that he is relational and he is invitational. He's relational, he's invitational. He first finds his friend Nathaniel. And he says, I found him. I found the one that it was written about. Him. He's, he's sharing what he's excited about. He's, he's relational. He's fi- he found his friend. And then he invites him to just come along. He's going to see Jesus. Come along with me. Come and see. He's invitational. So a lot of you know I served at the Advent Cathedral uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, previously before coming here as the rector. And uh, there was a woman there who grew up in uh, really one of the wealthiest families uh, in Alabama. And, uh, I mean, as she was learning to walk, she was also learning to present herself to others with, uh, with a sort of flawless polish and a model, as a model of grace. I mean, that was just that, who she was outwardly because that was, you know, that was who they were. And so um, uh, it was, uh, it, it, but when she had young children, as a, as a young adult, she had young children, she could see there were cracks showing in the facade, right? And I mean, she uh, had never really known failure, but she could see that with three kids, she wasn't pulling it off. And, and she found herself in an identity crisis because she was not living up to who she believed herself to be. And, and you know, some of those things may, may sound superficial, but for her, they were very important, and she was unsure, really, of who she was or what to do about that. But see, she had some friends, and, and she could see in their life that they had the same cracks in the facade that, that she had. But they were laughing at themselves. They had a, a winsome joy 
they could laugh at themselves and they could laugh at their kids' mismatched clothes and, and, and their messy house. And, and that was um, intriguing, uh, puzzling. And so one day their kids were all playing at the playground and she just had to work herself up to ask, you know, work the courage up to ask them how they handled the pressure. And they shared with her their big secret, right? How they handled the pressure. They knew Jesus loved them. That was, that was the big secret. And they said, it, I mean, they didn't share a bunch of Bible verses. They didn't quote any theologians. They just said, it's pretty simple. We know that Jesus loves us and without us being perfect. And if God loves us, then everything else is going to take care of itself. And, and then they said, you know, we meet on Tuesday mornings for our prayer group. Would you like to join us? They weren't pushy. They were just friends. And they were relational. And they had actually been praying for this woman, but they, they I mean, they, they didn't, again, they weren't pushy, but they, when the opportunity presented itself, they invited her to come along to what they were already doing. They were going, they were going to prayer group. Would she like to come along? That's Philip's model with Nathaniel. Uh, he finds his friend, and he issues an invitation, come and see. Right? He's going anyway. Come along with me. And, you know, Nathaniel is skeptical. Heck, do that way. Nathaniel is skeptical. And he, I mean, he says, I mean, podunk Nazareth, really? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And, and you know, my friend, the lady in Birmingham, she was skeptical too. Jesus loves me, really? Like, I want to know how to do more with less sleep. That's, what I'm, that's really what I'm asking. <laughs> and Philip doesn't argue with Nathaniel about the virtues of Nazareth. He just brings himself along to see what... Just you know, come along to see what, I, what I'm already doing, which was going to see Jesus. And Philip lets Jesus do the rest. And... The ladies in Birmingham, they just invited their friend to come along and let Jesus do the rest. There was a study done about four years ago uh, by a group called Rainer Research that found out that actually 82% of unchurched people, and they define that as people who have not gone to a church service in the last six months, uh, that 82% are at least somewhat likely to accept an invitation to come to church if they're invited by a friend. Eight out of ten people. Nothing to it. Just invite a friend. To do what you're already doing, which is going to church. You're here on a Sunday. Let Jesus do the rest. So relational and invitational, just inviting a friend along to do what you're already doing in order to be a conduit of healing and wholeness in the world. So I said there's two things about Philip and there's two things about Jesus. So what about Jesus? Um, what do we want to see about Jesus in this passage to help us be the kind of people who help others find healing and wholeness. All right. Jesus is, you ready? Relational and invitational. Okay? It's shocking, isn't it? That Philip and the ladies in Birmingham both help someone find Christ by being like Christ. Relational, invitational. Go figure. Right? So this is the part where you, you don't feel guilty. Right? This isn't, oh, he's going to make me invite, for, you know, whatever. You just feel thankful here in this part that Jesus is relational and invitational with you. Okay? 
So first, Jesus immediately shows Nathanael that he knows him. And he said, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Right? Here's a guy that what you see is what you get. Now maybe he was just a really upstanding guy, or maybe he's one of those people that just has an opinion about everything and lets you know it. He doesn't, the text doesn't tell us. But Jesus knows, and Nathaniel knows that Jesus knows. But Nathaniel is pretty sure that they have not met before. So he, he asks a reasonable question, uh, have, we, have we met before? How do, how do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, that would be, that would be sort of alarming, wouldn't it? <laughs> you can imagine, scholars and, and preachers have for centuries wondered what, it, what was Nathaniel doing under the fig tree that Jesus saw. And it's only, any answer is only conjecture, because the text doesn't say. But lots of folks have, have posed a guess, so I feel like I can too. And I think that Nathaniel's probably doing something he ought not to have been doing. <laughs> because why else would, would Nathaniel understand that grace? And just say, oh, hold on a second, why is this guy, and, and why would it have been startling and attractive that, that Jesus accepted him? So I don't, I don't know. It's conjecture. But Jesus is relational. Jesus knew, and Nathaniel knew that Jesus knew. And it makes me think of our colic for purity that we pray at the beginning of each service. Almighty God, to you, all hearts are open. All desires known. From you, no secrets are hid. That's a vulnerable place. Or our Psalm 139, which is really one of my favorites. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you've known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. That's a scary thing, folks. You search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. If he's not a good God, that's not good news. But he is a good God, and so it is good news. Because he knows you inside and out, and he loves you. And if you're like me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of a skeptical person a lot of times, and I think if he really knew me, he wouldn't love me. Because I know me. And I know my thoughts from, from really close up. And, and they're not his thoughts a lot of times. Um, incredible vulnerability in being known like that. And what this is saying is that Jesus has seen behind the facade. Whatever facade you have, I mean, and you do, because you're human, you have a facade of strength or beauty or accomplishment or respectability or whatever it is, he's seen behind it. He knows my thoughts. He knows my secrets. And he loves me. And it's, it is the core and the strength of his nature. He knows you and he loves you without you being just like he wants you to be. And without exception. He loves you. And, and really, if you think about it, I mean, this is the touchstone of Nathaniel's epiphany, isn't it? That, that even, um, even before the invitational part came, he, that he was both known and accepted. And he said, in, in that moment, truly, you are the Son of God. And Jesus then invites me along. He says, buddy, if you think that's something, you had, we're just getting started. You had not seen anything yet. You'll see greater things than these. Jesus is relational and invitational. And, and really, I mean, for you, I don't, I don't know where, what you've brought in this morning. That may be enough. 
I mean, whether you're new to church or you've been in church forever, uh, that may be enough for you to hear that, that Jesus uh, has seen you under the fig tree. And he perceives your thoughts from afar. He's seen behind the facade, and he is, loves you, and he's relational with you, and he is invitational. We're just getting started, right? And if that's you, I mean, if you find yourself in this sort of epiphany moment 